Hello and welcome to the Oi Let's Talk podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Gemma. Two friends talking fitness, mindset, business and everything else in between. We really mean everything. Expect banter, education and organised chaos. Your new podcast besties. Welcome back to another episode of Oi Let's Talk. We are kicking off today with another Q&A and I can't wait. Again, I know we say this every single time we do a Q&A, but thank you so, so much. much for sending in your questions. We really appreciate it. And if you did want to get involved with our Q&A segment, head on over to our Instagram because that's where we leave a Q&A box for you guys to drop any of your hot hitting questions that you want us to answer. And you guys have not held back again and we are so grateful for you submitting questions. And again, I mean, we say this every fucking episode. I feel like I just repeat myself. It's, it's just needed. my life, it's part isn't of it. it? It's fine. Anyways, we say this every episode. There's a mixed bag. There's a mixed bag of questions today, and I'm really excited to get into them. Let's kick off. Question one, can I go into a fat loss phase without tracking calories? You know, we spoke about this over a bagel. We did. Before. It was a really good bagel. It was a fucking delicious bagel. Because I wasn't sure if we were going to have a similar opinion, but it turns out we do. Yeah. Yeah. You take it away. So I like to think of, depending on the client's literacy with fat loss. So what I mean by that is depending on if they have attempted a fat loss phase before, depending on what they know about nutrition, depending on what their lifestyle is, all of those factors are going to come at play when it comes to tackling a fat loss phase and what is needed for them. In short, yes, you can lose weight without tracking calories because you can make lifestyle modifications such as if someone comes to me and says that they're working in an office and they're getting 3,000 steps a day without tracking their calories, they could increase their step count or yep. they could just make sure they're doing a 30-minute walk a day. Yeah. In addition to that, some other lifestyle changes in terms of food could be home cooking your meals, centering your meals around a protein source, yep. having more volume from veggies. But my caveat to that would be, depending on if they have experience doing that, and how compliant they are compliant they mm. are with doing that. If you're not counting or if you're not tracking, you are guessing in a sense. Yeah. So if that doesn't work for you, I'm not gonna say everyone has to track no. calories, but I do know that there is some merit in spending a period tracking to get a better understanding of what is actually needed to mm. be in a calorie deficit in terms of intake and what they're actually eating. Yeah. Yeah. And a really good example of this, I'm going to give a shout out to my mum here for a second, even though she's never listened to a single episode of our podcast. She's such a big fan. Because she is. Yeah. She's in our Instagram DMs all the time, but yeah. she does not know how to use Spotify or Apple podcast at all. So anyway, she probably shouldn't listen because what she'd tell me that I swear too much, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I'm going to give a shout out to my mum for a sec because she is a prime example of what Jem just said. The whole never track calories, but made lifestyle changes. And I think don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure she lost around like 30 to 40 kilos in a year. And the only thing that she changed two things actually was she cut out eating sweet biscuits. So my mom was a massive sweet tooth. She still is, but she used to have like three cups of coffee a day, three cups of tea. And with every cup of coffee and tea, she would have two like sugary biscuits. So if you actually equate that to a full day of eating, she's probably eating a whole packet of biscuits, which would be maybe upwards of 2000 calories, depending on the type of biscuit she was having. And then she added in actually moving her body 
So she would go out for a walk. She started working where she was on her feet a lot more at the new job that she was at. So naturally she started to lose more body fat and lose weight because she actually changed her lifestyle factors. She wasn't just sitting on the couch being lazy and not doing anything. Not calling my mom lazy, but she was a little bit lazy at one point in her life there. So just by changing lifestyle factors, so Yes, I do think that you can, fat loss and weight loss can still occur without tracking calories, but I also believe that what is not measured is not necessarily managed. So if you don't have a really great understanding around nutrition and you have a really strict goal with a strict uh, time frame, then yeah, probably to get there quicker, tracking calories would probably be the best bet. But like Jem said, we're not saying here, sitting here saying that you need to track calories. I mean, I haven't tracked calories in like a year and a half. But I do think that if you're wanting to get to a specific goal in a specific time frame, tracking is probably your best bet that's going to get you there. Yeah. In a really well-educated way as well, making sure that you're having a nutrient-dense um, diet. It's not just what you can fit yeah, in there. It's I not just the time frame and the intensity of the goal also yeah. dictates whether or not tracking is the best method. And I said this last episode, but we're pretty much the same people yeah. because my mum also wow. lost a lot of weight um purely I started coaching her just from a lifestyle point of view yeah. and all she did differently was I educated her a bit on what she was eating so I just said can you just write what you eat for three days yeah. just so I can get another percent. and she was a very typical story of kind of um not eating much brekkie mm. and then being really hungry in the afternoon and kind of just eating like more junk food style food and then at dinner wasn't really eating that much protein so all we did was one she started doing laps around where she lives so her step count went up and two she just was more mindful of soft drink intake and made sure she had a proper breakfast Mm. and also just was more balanced with her meals and those lifestyle changes no tracking is what led her to lose a substantial amount of weight. So yeah. shout out Deborah. Should be shout she out Wendy and Deborah. Mum actually listens to all of our episodes and texts me afterwards and says, "I listen to your episodes." Can so Deborah I love the message Wendy and teach her how to use Spotify <laughs> because that would actually be great. <laughs> but wild. So that's a great example of for a lifestyle client, yeah. for an older client in in that example. Yeah. That is all that was needed for their goal. A hundred percent. But for someone who comes to us and says, "I've got." you know, a say 10 12 kilo, weeks, yeah. 10 kilo, I've got this goal that I've had, et cetera, yeah. that we think is doable for them. Tracking is probably going to make more sense. Yeah. yeah. And also as well, I always think like tracking is a really great tool that yeah. you can utilize at different points of your journey. So yeah. if you learn how to track, it's not a forever thing. Yeah. It's just something, another tool in your toolbox that you can utilize and pull out when you need to use it. Absolutely. Alrighty. Question two, how do you go with making big decisions in business. I love this. I love this. A lot of my decision-making comes down to what feels really good. Same. And then me coming up with justifications for if it's a cost thing or if it's a time frame thing, I have to be able to visualize how it's going to work. Yep. And then if it feels good, so who's involved? Like when you came to me and said, co-host the podcast, that felt good and it's always felt good. Yeah. And it was a fuck yes. So a lot of what I do is based on how it feels around that. Like, what is my gut feeling straight away? And then secondly, 
is it viable? Can I actually dedicate time to it? Um, and I'm happy with making big expense decisions like investing in a course, investing in this, if I can justify it somehow with what I'm needing at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same. I will never move in business unless it feels fucking good. Yeah. Because I've done a lot of things in business, especially when you're starting out, that don't feel good Yeah. for me. Because you don't know. No, you yeah. don't know. You're finding your feet. You're kind of figuring out what's going to work. And I will now never make a decision that doesn't feel fucking aligned with my long-term vision. So whether that's investing in a mentor, whether it's going to seminars, workshops, having you as a co-host of a podcast, if it isn't a full body fuck yes, yeah. it's a hundred percent a no for me. Yeah. I'm also like a very big risk, risk, risk taker. I have take risks. I'm trying to show you guys. If you're watching the YouTube <laughs> video on my ankle, I don't think you can see it. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> take and then on the other ankle says risk so I'm a very big risk taker so I'm more of a if it feels good I'm gonna do it yeah and I'm not which is probably a bit of a downfall actually I'm not really that kind of person that's like what about if everything goes wrong no like I'll have I try not to think of that no I'll have a moment of like oh fuck like what if this doesn't work out? But I'm also like, nah, bitch, you got this. Like, yeah. I am my biggest supporter. Like, it's actually sick. I also think with whatever I do, because we are going in with things that we think are going to do really well because we're backing it, yeah. that energy is what makes it work. 100%. Like, if I was going into something that didn't oh, feel good, sure. but maybe there's some kind of upside, if it doesn't feel good and I'm not in, I'm probably not going to give it the effort and dedication no. that it needs. 100%. And me saying no to things is not necessarily that I'm not grateful for opportunities or it's a bad no. option. It might just just be this isn't aligned or no. this isn't a good time for that so I think that that is something to factor in as well a hundred percent yeah love it so next up we have how do you deal with negative friends and friendships cut them off we don't I don't have any that's it <laughs> next question um but in saying that yeah um, if somebody was overly negative and belittling me or putting me down, all my friends that. down, which I'm even more protective of, I would create distance. Mm. I'd, I'd first voice that, you know, I don't want to speak about people like that or I don't appreciate how you're mm. speaking to me. And secondly, if, they, if that wasn't picked up, I would just create distance yep. and, and drift apart from them or, you know, n- not let them in so close to me yep. because I don't have time for that. The people that are in my inner circle are very diverse, yep. but they all... We all back each other and we've all got each other's back. So I don't have time for that kind of negativity. And I actually spoke with a client um, recently in the last week who's been kicking goals, who's been, she's lost a substantial amount of weight, she's killing it in the gym. And she was telling me that she was experiencing quite a lot of negativity workplace and friendships just like making little comments about the progress and I was explaining that when I left my corporate job and when I kind of changed careers like people make little digs and a lot of the time I truly believe that it's either a projection because they feel like they're not doing enough Mm -hmm. or it's just um like tall poppy syndrome 100% we the same but it is it's just kind of like cutting you down a bit and all I can think and what happened in my situation was like the same people who have something to say are probably the same people who are going to be asking for you asking advice in six to twelve months time so I just think that if there is those people so they're not those direct friendships but they are in your network yeah just don't give them the response that they want. Be so unbothered and be, be selective. so 100% be selective with who you let in, but also be so unbothered by the noise that you are so focused on what matters to you and the friendships that you actually want to give mm. energy to that it, 
you don't feel impacted by it. A hundred percent. I'm yeah. the same. Yeah. I'm very cutthroat in yeah. this kind of realm. Yeah. I'm not a confrontational person, no. but I'm very cutthroat. If you show me disrespect, no loyalty, you're talking shit, you're negative around me, I don't tolerate it. I struggle with it. I am a hundred percent off. Yeah. And I'm that kind of person when someone does something to me that I'm not necessarily a fan of. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. You're in the bin. Yeah. And I know that's probably, again, not a really good thing. And I'm not ever a grudge holder. I'd never be an asshole or anything. But it's just creating that distance and also just understanding, like, you need to have boundaries and set the standard in your own life. Yeah. What I so, expect and what you expect from me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you're not setting that standard in all of your relationships, all of your friendships, even in your work and in your business and everything else, like it's time for you to start setting that standard because I can say now, like I've got a very small circle of friends and like you said, all of them are fucking fiercely loyal. They always hype me up. They will never question anything that I'm doing. They're just like, fuck yeah, you can do it. Yeah. And to be honest, like I've had a lot of people in my life, probably same as you when you left your corporate job being like, she's not going to make it. What a fucking idiot. Why would she do that? The comment that stood out, PTs are a diamond dozen. Like if I listened to that, I would still be there and I probably would have been sad. Exactly. Yeah. And now look at I'm you happy. in a podcast studio <laughs> living your best life. Literally, so, what, what is it? It's a it's a Thursday at 2 p.m. and I'm making a podcast with my bestie. This is exactly where I want to be Where right we want to be. And we created that. Exactly. And if we were listening to negative friends, but I guess if you are somebody that's dealing with a negative friendship, create that distance, create the space, voice how you're feeling. Yep. If they can't respect that boundary that you're setting in that relationship, create distance. it's time to move on. Yep. You will find the most aligned friendships when, when you, you start that. living true to yourself and setting those boundaries. Absolutely. Alrighty. How to move through stagnancy in your business. Okay, I have, I actually made a story on Instagram about this the other day because somebody asked me a very, very similar question. I like that. I, um, I think that I look at business stagnancy or slow periods in your business very differently probably to a lot of people. Yeah. So when this first used to happen to me in business, I would go into panic like, oh my God, my life is over. I'm a one hit wonder. Like nobody cares about me anymore. It'd be a whole array of emotions, yep. right? Which is just honestly stories that I'm telling myself, yep. limiting beliefs to keep myself playing small yep. because, and also listening or feeding my ego a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously when our ego is fed, something that tries to keep you feel safe, to keep you feeling safe rather. So when I actually was able to look at uh, stagnancy in business, I need to start that part again. He'll edit this out. Yeah. (laughs) So, because I just kept stuttering. So when I am looking at stagnancy in business, I like to look at it as actually a good thing because this is a period in your business where you can actually tap into the things that you haven't been doing, whether that's your admin, whether it's getting more creative, whether it's filming more content, whether it's hiring a podcast studio and recording a podcast that you said that you've wanted to do for the last six months that you haven't done. So quiet periods in business are normal in any industry, whether you're in the online space, health and fitness mindset, you're a hairdresser, a beauty, whatever, there is always going to be slow periods in business, but being able to utilize these periods for working on a plan to grow, working on something new that you're doing and actually giving time and space for you to nurture your current clients is really fucking important. And another thing just to add is, is your business actually slow or are you paying too much attention to vanity metrics? Yes. 
Are you doing your own dick in by sitting on Instagram, watching what every other coach is doing, yep. looking at how many, how many people are viewing your stories, that yep. your Instagram stories have gone from fucking 700 views to 70 views, yep. and then being like, oh my God. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Yeah. I hate, everyone hates me, yep. blah, blah, blah. Or is your business actually still moving, but you're basing how well your business is going Off on the these va- vanity likes and vanity metrics? Because if you're doing that, put your fucking phone away. Yeah, I... I'm going to lead into that point and then also say what I Mm. would do during those periods. So again, I think that if you focus or hyper fix on likes and content engagement and things like that, or if you focus too much on what everybody else is doing, it's, you're just not going to feel good enough. No, it's not going to be helpful. I think you just should focus on consistency with showing up on social media. If you want to have an online business and being authentic, yeah, just show up as you are be consistent. It doesn't have to be perfect. That is what's going to keep business coming in is Mm. that visibility and that trust and connection that you create by continually showing up. If you know, there is a slower period of business, like less leads inquiring and things like that. I would pivot and think, first of all, I'd think what time of the year is it? Yep. Is it December, January? Is everybody away? If it's something like that, which, you know, makes sense, I would think, what can I do during this time? Can I come up with a different product that's going to help people where they're at the moment? Mm. Um, how can I, you know, make the most of the clients I have at the moment, potentially support them and ask them what else I can do to hone in on my services. I think that's really good. Sending things like feedback questionnaires and all of that. So you've got this slower period where you might have some more time, but during that period, you're actually becoming a better coach. Something else I'd also... Upskill. Upskill. There's a few courses I really want to do, mainly counseling, psychology and an athlete course. And like... It hasn't happened yet, but I'm like, when it gets quiet and like something happens as in, in the next like six months, which Mm. it will, um, because prior to the summit, I was like, oh, it's going to happen now. And then I was distracted by that. But essentially I want to do that Mm. is I'm just going to spend more time doing, doing that kind of stuff. Cause it's normal. You'll have, it's not, things are not linear. So you will have periods where you have lots of leads and then less leads. And if you become too emotionally attached to that and attach that to your worth, you're going to need to create more resilience for the longevity of your business because you just need to be able to cop it. It's normal. Every business will face that. And a hundred percent. Like I think a lot of people get into business and they make it about themselves. Yeah. Right. If you're in a service based industry, your business is not fucking about you. It's about your, well, in my opinion, anyway, my business is about my fucking clients, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not about me. It's so not personal. These, exactly. And these numbers and these metrics that you're constantly looking at, it's got nothing to do with you, how good of a coach you are. A client leaves, it doesn't mean you're fucking shit. It's just use that time when it's a little bit slower to tap into your creative side and do the things that are going to help your business in the long run. Absolutely. Like paying your taxes and your admin and all the boring shit yeah. that we always put off. Yeah. Okay, we have one more quick question before we wrap up the episode. Would you guys ever get into a business together? Rapid fire. Absolutely send it. Absolutely. I, mean, the, I, feel, I, yeah. I was going to say the podcast feels like a business, business. even though it's not. Yeah. But I think that we're very aligned. I think that um, I have a lot of trust for you. And mm. also not just trust like um, we'll do anything, but also the honesty that I think you need in a business to be able to communicate. Yeah. If something wasn't right, I feel like I have that level of understanding where we could have tough conversations, which you'd have to have going into a business. And do you remember, I'm laughing, this is so funny, but like it actually makes sense. Remember when we first decided to do the podcast, you literally said we need to have a meeting and we sat at a cafe yeah, and did. you pulled out a list of things that we, it was like, I, I shall not 
blah, blah, blah. Or I shall say the truth when someone has upset each other. Or if I don't like this idea, I will speak my truth being honest all the time. It was like this whole list of things. I'm going to try Gem's having a look now it. on her phone to see if she can find it. But it was like a whole list of things that we both sat down and verbally said to each other at a cafe and agreed on. So 100%. If we wanted to run a business, which I think we will actually do something probably in the near future. Absolutely. I already have like 20 ideas that I haven't even run by you yet, but that's a story for another day. But yeah, 100%. Can we find it or no? Uh, I'll find it another time, but... We'll find just, it just and post it on a, our Instagram. A quick summary. It was like, thou shalt always be honest. Thou yeah. shalt... Because... Have open communication. I think yeah. like, even though that is probably an unspoken obvious thing, I personally feel like if you're... A relatively new friendship we mm. have obviously gotten along so same well room. since day one same room but I just wanted because I feel like sometimes I can just be oblivious to things so mm. it wasn't even just for you it was just I want you to know that I want to have that kind of friendship like the yeah. level of friendships that I'm allowing in are friendships that are like that it was yeah. like thou shalt communicate thou shalt um, bring up any kind of issues yeah like problem solve and that's a perfect example of one, the kind of friendships that I have and two, the reason why I would go into business with you. Amen. Amen. Alrighty guys, that wraps up today's episode. As always, thank you for sitting and listening to us talk some shit. 100%. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And if you did like today's podcast, share, like, follow. We are on YouTube. You can watch us in long form content, which is a great addition. You can follow us on TikTok because that's new and that's spicy. You can always share, save, like all of our goods on Instagram. If you like us, engage with our content so we know and we'll make more. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.